This podcast is brought to you by Uncle Daryl's Hardware Store in Crivets, Wisconsin. Uncle Daryl's. Right now, buy six air fresheners for your car. Get the seventh one free. That's Uncle Daryl's in Crivets. Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike, and Pete. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Questionable to Return podcast. As always, I'm Andy, here with my buddies, Mike. Hi, everybody. And Pete. Hey, howdy, hi. Well, boys, round two of the podcast where we're self-quarantining, social distancing. I don't know the official term. I suppose if you're not sick, it's not self-quarantining. It's just social distancing. But we are taking it seriously, even though we joke about it on the podcast. We're not going to stop joking about it, unfortunately. But we do understand the seriousness of it. So that's why we're keeping our families and friends safe by staying remote. But where are you guys at right now? I am back at my lair on my terrible headset with no webcam working. You guys look good and sound good, though. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm in the uh, retro gaming dungeon, as always. It's not so retro gaming right now, but we're getting there. I think I'm going to start this week on tearing up the whole basement and making it look nice. You're just going to piggyback off of the other home renovations you have going on and just do a little bit of your own? Yeah, yeah. The I had some windows done this weekend, so hopefully before the whole big lockdown comes of Wisconsin. But uh, yeah, I had the windows done, and they're kind of kind of inspired me not to walk anymore and work on my house. Perfect. Well, that's funny because uh, the family and I just went on a nice long walk where we stopped at a few people's houses and drew some inspirational stuff. We took what is it? like I forgot what that movement was where you're supposed to take chalk and oh really? See how awesome people are. Did you pick houses at random, or did you do people you know? Both. Like we were the route over by. Like Pete's old house, the apartment buildings over there, we the kids drew on each one of the different sidewalks, and a couple of friends we knew along the way, a couple a couple more nurses, so we kind of just put things huh. like "Not all heroes wear capes." Those little little inspirational quotes for them, and hopefully yeah, pick I, them I know, up a little bit. I know I'm not a nurse, and and all, but I mean I see nothing on my driveway, <laughs> not even like hateful <laughs> message or anything. I mean, something. So we were going to walk back your way uh, after we stopped at Monica's parents' house, and uh, the kids were freezing because it was not warm out today. Oh, so we, we beelined right. at home. You were like, you were just like three houses down from me. I and you couldn't just, I just put a mark on my driveway. <laughs> you could have just put a turd on my driveway. I wouldn't have cared. Just a, just a check mark would have been fine. Like yeah, we, perfect. You're, we walked you're by, doing check. good. You, no virus here. Check mark. You're good. Check what kind minus. Of, what kind of like frightfulness would your neighbors have done if we put a like a a COVID-19 check mark like on your thing like a, or, a red, or a red X a, a huge infected banner on my driveway yeah that would they would freak out probably or would nobody even really notice I don't think anybody would care nobody would notice that's true everybody's inside nobody goes, comes outside anymore it's been pretty nuts going for my walks and I walk late at night and Usually, usually calms down late, but it was like eerie. It was really creepy, really quiet. No, not even dogs barking. This is odd. It's very odd out there right now. It's very surreal. 
So we've still been trying to go and do takeout of the local establishments as much as we kind of can and feel comfortable the last few weeks. Uh, shout out to a bunch of the places in the area, like 1175, Tin Can, I think, did it. Mullenberries is a big go-to for us. Um, oh, yeah. We also did uh, Giordano's out of Kenosha, and they did an r- amazing job. They they had individual plates like wrapped up, and then they had each of the condiment stuff in their individual wrapped up bags, and they put all that stuff in a, and along with your pizza, in a plastic bag tied off, and then gave it to you with gloves and a mask on which I thought wow. that was amazing, so I kind of gave him a shout-out. But what about you guys? Have you guys partook, or you pretty much tried to hunker down? Well, uh, I haven't really been out to eat, but that's not that unusual, is I am someone, unless we go as a group, I am more of a just uh, make my own food, especially because most of the time I'm on some crazy diet, which I am right now as part of the Steps Challenge, so that always kind of throws things off. But I do like hearing that, and... It's nice to keep supporting those restaurants because I know they're really going to be hit hard by this. Yeah, we went to Mulberry's on Saturday, gave a nice little tip to them, which I felt good about. But um, yeah, we went there and that's the place we usually like to go every couple weeks. And uh, yeah, just uh, trying to support as much as we can. I know we bought a lot of food and stuff before I went food shopping like Wednesday, so it was a little easier for me to have food on hand, but um, still would like to partake in that like at least a couple times a week just to make sure our local businesses at least are, are thriving and still doing well and not going to close up because of this. Cause I would hate to not have mulberries and you need right. to go for sure. <laughs> and that's why I talked to him when I was there too. I was just letting him know that, Hey, we're with them and let us know if like, let the community know if it gets to the point where you're kind of in trouble, but we did the fish fry on Friday and they had so many orders to fulfill. It was, it was crazy. But uh, I I go the same thing. Like we definitely gave a pretty generous tip, and um, leave it a little bit more sometimes when um, the different girls are on. It's got to be hurting like the waitress staff and whatnot. But I thought the owners of Mulberries actually have a gift certificate, which they kind of people have kind of recommended. That's the way you can kind of help local businesses is buy gift cards and gift certificates. But Mulberries actually has a gift certificate program right now for whatever amount you do. There's an extra bonus they're adding on top of that. But um, I think he's giving like a percent of it directly to back to the waitress staff as like a little bit of something. So it's helping them, number one, give them a little cash flow, but it's also they've done a heck of a job of just kind of taking care of their own people, which you kind of like to hear those stories. So it kind of made it. And, and the, their timing on their food is still like 10 minutes. So yeah, can't go wrong. Crazy. Good food, good food. And you get it in like less time than you get it at the Union Grove McDonald's. So but it is. It's basically you hang up and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to go get it already. <laughs> yeah. So, Pete, I noticed something. Yeah. I can see all your Funko Pops behind you. Yep. And um, the Stranger Thing kids yeah. in Ghostbuster outfits, they're not in numerical order. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, that's fine if you want to leave them like that. That really bugs me, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave them like that since it bugs you. I didn't even look at the numbers. What? It's, am- it's amazing that you can see that. <laughs> it's gonna be funny if we leave this in because i guess they don't realize that we moved to having live video well so, you guys have video <laughs> yeah what happened what happened to your video mike mike broke i don't it. know i think you broke the camera well it doesn't show up under device manager anymore so my computer doesn't even know it has a camera i don't know if this ties into yesterday i took my laptop completely apart and cleaned it because uh 
it got molten hot. Was there a whole night. cat's worth of hair in there? Yeah, there was. There was a there's a lot of hair and dust. But I've never had a laptop get that dirty before, and uh, apparently I should have paid more attention to that because it got so hot that it actually burned my thumb when I picked it up. I had a burn, a tiny burn on the tip of my thumb. Yeah, that's not good. No, so I actually I was planning on it just being completely ruined. So for next time though, I'll work on getting the camera back up and running and a better microphone. And all Pete has to work on is switching around those Funko Pops. We'll see. I might just switch them out. Oh, because uh, I have like yeah. over a hundred, I think. So I might have okay. to s- switch I, I them just, up a lot. It's just I see five forty-seven and then five forty-six. <laughs> that's the that's the part that's bugging me. <laughs> just, <laughs> we could just <laughs> switch them. <laughs> it's a distraction for the draft later. Okay. So moving on, uh, there's stuff actually happening in sports, which we don't really, we talked a little bit last time about it's been eerie since uh, baseball would be about starting right this week, right? Opening day would be coming up this week and spring training would be coming to an end and basically the the basketball playoffs would be heating up and all that has come to a halt. But leave it to football. Football just pushing ahead. Football doesn't stop. Coronavirus, no problem for us. Maybe so, they just don't care about their players at all. Or they just realize that the, most estimates produ- like have anticipated that a lot of this will be the worst of it will be overcome training camp and things like that for the summer. So they're like, ah, don't bother us none. But they do have special clauses in a lot of these contracts that these guys are signing. Did you see that? So they have special clauses that um, if they fail their – they're physical or whatever. They don't get signing bonuses in some of those contracts. So if you got thirty million plus a ten million signing bonus, you would only get twenty. So there's a kind of sneaky stuff that NFL is doing with this virus stuff. Mm, that's interesting. I was wondering how they're handling that because you can obviously do all the negotiations, you know, over the phone. But in terms of, uh, yeah, doing a physical, I didn't hear of any player actually getting one. So. But can you, can you imagine what kind of bad PR a team would have if they all of a sudden a player tested positive and they decided not to pay him out? Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, we're kind of in uncharted waters of how to handle some of this stuff. Uh, now you see how much the NBA players are testing positive, and I mean it can spread quickly. Uh, there, there was that. was the news story that basically the Utah Jazz took all of the testing kits for months state. I forgot it was that story was insane. Yeah. Yeah, wherever they had played on the road, I think it was. So there has been some engine movements, right? The big probably headliner, um, not to steal some of the Packers Thunder, we'll probably talk about it in a little bit, but Tom Brady no longer a Patriot. It's going to look eerie. Are you, are you ever going to get used to seeing him in a Buccaneers uniform? No, I put him in the same pantheon as like when you saw the likes of, like when Joe Montana left the 49ers to play for the Chiefs. Or even Jordan when he went to Washington. Like, it just didn't seem right, didn't feel right. never really felt... Yeah. I guess is Jordan to Washington the best comparison to this? Because I was thinking, like, I don't know if there is a great comparison. Well, what about Montana? Yeah, I, that's probably the closest one. I guess the thing is about the Buccaneers is they did win a Super Bowl and they had that they had that good run from the late '90s to the early 2000s. But I guess I just look at their franchise as being like one of the worst franchises in the NFL for the most part. I know a lot of that came years ago, but it just feels weird to go from the Patriots to the Buccaneers. It's like when Favre went to the Jets. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of similar. It's similar, but but he he made this decision, so 
a lot of things happening down in Tampa must be. I mean, they were eight and eight, right? So it's not like they were awful. Yeah, they have some pretty good talent. I think a lot of things happening in Tampa is thirty million dollars worth. That's true. Well, it is a good. I mean, it's a lot. It's a huge. I mean, I guess so. Old people go to retire in Florida. Makes sense, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be driving around practice on a golf cart, and I know Tampa Bay. I guess I just view the franchise as bad, but in terms of uh, football sense for this upcoming season, I think the the Bucks are pretty interesting. I mean, he, he gets probably the, the best pair of wide receivers in the NFL and combine that with their defense was actually better, I think, than a lot of the general numbers. Say. The advanced metrics liked them, and they said they played the uh, toughest schedule in terms of offenses they faced. So I think there is potential for the Buccaneers to actually be pretty good if Brady can be you know, still solid Tom Brady at age 43. I think also having Brady opens up a lot of extra veteran minimum signings, possibly. You know, you have Jason Pierre-Paul staying there now, Shaquille Barrett's uh, franchise tag there. But I think it opens up a lot of lot of interesting things that can happen throughout past the big free agency time, which has kind of passed by now, I would I would imagine. But, you know, you got all those all those other veteran veteran players that are looking for places to play, and, yeah, I'll play with Brady for a year so. I think it's interesting that way too. But I think, I don't know, you kind of look at Brady's last year. Did he show signs of, of kind of going down kind of not being this, this guy who can win every single game and, and win the big game. Um, that's kind of to be seen with the Buccaneers. Does he go to the Buccaneers and just disappoint? Does he just, does, does this put, put a, put a damper on his like career, I guess. So, so to say, what do you guys think about that? If he has a bad year, do you think it affects what people think of him? I don't think it takes away too much from his overall legacy. I mean, like look how bad Peyton Manning was his final year. <laughs> Granted they won the Super Bowl, but he just didn't look like Peyton Manning. I mean, some of those throws he was making, like he really was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league that year. So much so that he couldn't even get signed the next year he wanted to play again well, he got bent he got benched for brock for part of that season i know some of it was like a little yeah. injury related but like, let's face it not all of it i think when he came back it wasn't until osweiler just kind of lost himself too that they rather just have the intelligence piece of peyton just to have him manage the game and not overly lose it for him but he definitely lost it well, for Brady to have success, I mean, how much does Bruce Arians have to change the offense? Because he's always been part of the air it out. I mean, obviously, James Winston threw 30 interceptions last year because Arians didn't care about taking chances. And even in Arizona, Carson Palmer and the Michael Floyd, John Brown deep passing game with Brady, I just I can't imagine trying to run that with a 43 year old quarterback well i'm just i'm surprised they didn't try to go after like a different and i don't know what their wide receiver situation is really but i know they're not really overly going after perryman who's like their deep threat like their like four two four three forty guy oh godwin godwin and evans they both but is godwin more of a deep guy they both are deep guys aren't they yeah yeah, they both run downfield quite a bit. But Mike Evans at least has a big body. Like, he can go. He's tall. Yeah, Mike Evans is so good at deep balls that he, I think uh, he helped make Johnny Manziel the legend he was. He was so good in college at catching those deep balls. Manziel would True. play Brett Favre-style football and just <laughs> throw it up for grabs, and Mike Evans would catch him. But, I yeah, I think you need to have, like, a lot of 
10 and 15 yard routes in your offense. If you have oh. Tom Brady, that's his go-to. I think a, a big thing for the Buccaneers is even looking towards fantasy. OJ Howard can be a big, big target for him. Cameron Bright is always solid. Um, so those guys could have a big role in the slot too. So you're saying bring back the double tight end offense with Brady. I mean, why not? They have two of them. I think they need to be ready for that being an actual possibility. That's all. Because when that wall hits, it hits hard. Yeah, for most of these guys, there's there's no such thing as a gradual decline at this age. It's just the cliff. When do you fall off the cliff? I'd be worried about the similar thing going on for um, Drew Brees, too. I mean, he showed little glimpses of it not quite having the arm strength he once had. So, I mean, I think both of those guys are going into a, a two-year $50 million with incentives on top of it yeah. into their final years. How fun is it, though, that they're in the same division now? That's pretty those fun. Those are going to be great games. Yeah, and you got to feel like their offensive weapons are pretty comparable. I mean, the Saints, like signed, obviously, Michael Thomas, that big deal last year. And then uh, they brought in Emmanuel Sanders on a one-year deal, which I wish the Packers would have looked at. I really wanted him, but I guess I underestimated how much money he'd get. He he went for a little more money than I thought. True. But yeah, that that division still is pretty stout for sure. He goes and goes from the easiest division to the hard one of the harder divisions probably in the NFC. Yeah, throw in Atlanta getting Todd Gurley, and uh, I love that gamble. That one year five million gamble of maybe he's still good at twenty five, twenty six, whatever he is, and. If he's not, yeah. oh well. Yeah, they still have a lot of weapons over there in Atlanta. I mean, if if Matt Ryan can just not screw it up, I guess. But yeah, I I think I think he's going to be have a little bit more tests. But is is he going to have tests on defense? Um, Carolina, I'm not sure. They're kind of going maybe on the down swing. Um, they went and got Teddy Bridgewater, but um, I'm not sure. Is he better than Cam Newton? I don't know. Who knows? But. Uh, that that division is much better than what he came from, so it, it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top, or if they all just beat up on each other like the Packers, Bears, Lions, Vikings do on a yearly basis. I just want to kind of talk about like who missed out on Brady. Like you have the Raiders, you have uh, who else was in the Brady um, Chargers? Chargers. I mean, there are some teams that are really gunning for him, and now the Chargers are stuck with nobody. Right? They lost yeah. Gordon. They lost Rivers. The, the Raiders made the big splash with Mariota. They got their guy. Oh yeah, perfect. But even the Titans, the Titans, the Titans are really putting their back and saying Tannehill, you got this, and hoping that he can just keep it going. But Titans still were were kind of rumored to have him have wow. Brady sights on Brady, I should say. I think once they got that, I mean that four year what is one hundred twenty, one hundred fifteen something ish million dollar deal. I think that was a good deal for them to keep Tannehill. I mean he's a, he's a safe product. He's better than advertised, or better than you thought he would. I think they're just trying to run this back. Uh, defense gets a little bit better. Another year in the program, I think it's all right. Got to admit, though, of all the disciples of uh, Bilicek, I think Vrabel is the one that's going to have the most success. Obviously, he's doing a great job right now, but Patricia seems like he's on his way out with the Lions. But, yeah, I, I really love the Titans. They're like my AFC team, to be totally honest. And I love awesome. Derrick Henry, so he won me a fantasy football championship. Can't forget about that. For the most part, uh the students don't get the best of uh, the master very often with Belichick, but uh, Vrabel going into New England and winning a playoff game, that really, that does put him on the map in terms of coaches. And that had to piss him off. Oh, oh yeah. My God. He used that, that whole trick with running down the clock. I yep. mean, 
Oh, that was amazing. That's so good. Belichick. Belichick shouldn't have. I can't believe Belichick tipped his hand with that during the regular season. Do you guys also like the feel good story of uh, Andrew Luck actively recruiting Philip Rivers to Indianapolis? So he was one of the biggest reasons that Philip Rivers made that jump and went to uh, what the Colts on a one year deal. See, do you think that's good by the Colts? I thought Jacoby Brissett was okay. Do you think they're, they're better off with Rivers? I don't think so. I didn't think Rivers was very good last year. No, he had a lot of bad throws. Like yeah. I thought Jacoby Brissett, when he was healthy, was a pretty decent quarterback. Yeah, and I think he was banged up a little bit, and that's why he struggled at the end of the year. But yeah, I don't think Rivers seems like much of an upgrade, and I don't know what they're going to do with Brissett now. Some people had wondered if they'd trade him to the Patriots, just oh. trade him back. Yeah, yeah, that could be. Brian, yeah, because the the inevitable Brian Hoyer is back with the Patriots. Third, third <laughs> yeah. tour of duty. Who starts week one for the Patriots at quarterback? Antonio Brown. <laughs> oh, wait. Wildcat? Yeah, no. Is it Jared Stidham, fourth-round pick from last year? Oh, boy. I, do they make a move in the draft, too? Yeah. I don't know. It's like they, they don't seem that interested in trying to get, like, Brissett or Jameis Winston. Nobody's in, nobody's interested in Jameis Winston for some odd reason. <laughs> Somebody's got to sign him. I mean, the guy's got a gun. He just likes to throw it. He's like Brett Favre reincarnated. <laughs> he kind of is. I'm surprised they didn't go for like a Bridgewater or something like that. Or even I, I wouldn't be shocked if they try to like sneak a deal in for Cam if they can get him for cheap. Yeah, Cam's out there. That's true. That that's something that's uh, gonna have a lot, a lot going around with um, teams without quarterbacks and stuff. Because you think of the Chargers, you think of even even the Patriots, like. The who goes after Cam? Yeah, because honestly, looking at it, I think the Patriots need a quarterback more than any other team in the league. Like, just given that the Bengals are going to draft one, the Dolphins are going to draft one, and then the Chargers are, they might go after even like, even if they miss out on uh, uh, Tua and Burrow, that they might take uh, the guy we played from Oregon in the Rose Bowl, totally blanking on his name. That guy, they take him to play behind Tyrod Taylor, and then there goes most of the quarterbacks. Don't you think it's hilarious that, I mean, out of all the teams, who do you feel least concerned about? Do you really feel, I, I just, New England's been notorious of getting gold out of, like, absolute garbage. Yeah, like, Justin it, Herbert. Justin it. Herbert, yeah. I just, I just feel like out of the team that probably needs it the most, that's also the team that probably people are the least concerned about having it figured out. It's like they'll they'll figure out something. It'll, it'll be like Brian Hoare will have like an all pro year. It'll be like what in that world? So you guys want to know the quarterbacks that are still out there? Yeah, who else is out there? So as we mentioned, Winston Hoyer got signed. So Flacco, McCown, Drew Stanton, Trevor Simeon, Mike Glennon, Brent Huntley, Blaine Gabbert, Matt Moore, Joe Webb, Blake Bortles, Geno Smith, David Fowles, and then of course Cam Newton is like, going to go somewhere else. Like even making that one would be like not a terrible. Is there any chance that after Brady leaves, Belichick wants to start the worst possible quarterback and prove that he can win without Brady? And he's like, Jared Stidham is going to be the starter. Well, that's immediately what I thought when they signed Brian Hoyer. I'm like, oh, watch. They're just going to throw him in there and they're going to be fine. They're going to use a combination of Hoyer and Stidham and they're going to go 12 and four. And then everyone's going to talk about how the main reason the Patriots won all those Super Bowls is Belichick, not Brady. Definitely. He wants to shove it up Brady's you-know-what. Yeah. 
wouldn't surprise me. So free agency, let's loop around. We'll talk about the Packers real quick. So Packers let go of Blake Martinez, uh, let Bulaga walk, and kind of replace those two with Christian Kursky on a two-year, $60 million deal, and then Rick Wagner. Wisconsin's own Rick yeah. Wagner. Is he, is he growing up now? He's Rick. He's Rick Wagner. He's Rick. It says Rick Wagner on the Packers. Yeah, yeah. I know. I think in side. college he was always Ricky Wagner, but I guess this is his more adult version. He graduated so, from school. He's got to have that Rick. Surprised not so, Richard Wagner. I have to admit my uh, rent, my Packer is Blake Martinez, so I'm going to have to get a new Packer. And it kind of makes me sad because we've been trying for so long to get him on the, the podcast with gaming requests and whatnot. But it's kind of sad to see him go, I, I have to admit. I mean, he has his limits as a linebacker, and uh, maybe we're better off with with uh, I forget his well, name already. Keeks, Keeksley, <laughs> Christian Kirksey, Kirksey, Kirksey. I'm sorry about that, but Kirksey. Maybe we're better off with him uh, as in coverage wise. I'm not sure. He's kind of injured a lot the last two seasons, so I guess we'll see there. But I think it was pure. I mean, I think it was a money aspect. I think you get the same athleticism out of out of Christian and. On a two-year deal worth only eight million per versus what did Blake get three for thirty? Yeah, yeah. If you just look at the contracts, Blake got more than Kirksey. So did Corey Littleton and Joe Schobert. All the guys that were kind of out there as the best available inside linebackers all got paid more. So Kirksey, yeah, it saves you a little bit of money. He's familiar with Petten. Like Pete said, though, the big question is, can he stay healthy? Yeah, because. I mean, Blake, let's admit, Blake Martinez is the best tackler in the NFL, right? I mean, granted, he get pushed forward sometimes on tackles, but um, that's a lot of tackles you're missing from your team right now. Yeah. So who, even if Kirksey's not, even if he's supposed to be the guy, who else is going to be there? Like, who else is with him? I think, I mean, do the Packers do the Packers go after Clay Matthews again and get I mean, him at veteran minimum? Veteran minimum. I'm not saying it's with. a great idea, but put him in the middle. Why not? Let's see what happens. I think some of that tackle stuff's a little bit overblown. I mean, he was good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I liked him there. He was he was a, the staple of the defense. But when you run that 3-4, you're funneling all that stuff to the middle. True. But there could be a guy in there that's missing a lot of tackles, too. Let's see what Kirksey, Kirksey does. But Yeah, I think statistically-wise, as long as he's on the field, I think he's a good tackle, right? And I think he's a pretty physical guy. I would love to bring Clay back. Uh, I saw a mock-up. Someone... Uh, used like Photoshop and they, they showed what clay would look like in a Packers uniform. It looked good. So I would be <laughs> on board with bringing him in. Uh, he's played inside linebacker before. Remember we did that out yeah. of necessity. No, I, he yeah. has experience there. I think he'd be a solid guy there in the middle. He has got the speed maybe still for it. Right. So Sean Gary's probably not going to give 52. What number would he get? Uh, could they work something out? I know Rashawn Gary is a first round pick, but it'd be weird. It's kind of like Amon green, I guess came back and was what? 34. 30. Did he get his number back? I don't think he got oh. his number back his second tour of duty. 30. I thought he was 34. He came back and set the, set the record, but not that important, but it was just, it would just be funny to have him be like in 51, like take yeah. the girl's number or something. Yeah. 34. Correct. We also signed the inevitable longstanding, uh, Mercedes Lewis. I like that signing. Yeah. That's a, he's a veteran guy. Good blocker. I mean, if you're going to let Jimmy Graham go, I guess at least we have some veteran tight end you can. I think I think Jace will be fine. He showed quite a bit of potential towards the end of the year. Had a couple of big big catches there. I mean, you drafted him for a reason. Might as well let him get a shot. Yeah, he just had injuries. Throw knock uh, his 
kind of season out of whack, but I have uh, I have ho- high hopes for Sternberger. I really liked him in college. He had great numbers running down the middle of the field, attacking the seam. Yeah, I like I like him as their starting tight end day one. If he's a healthy guy, I think yeah he showed showed later in the season that he can pull his own weight. And you have Lewis, and I think we're fine at tight end. I think our biggest question mark still his wide receiver. I mean, you go. It's still offensive line. Like I, I yeah, get, offensive line. Well, dude, I mean, Rick Wagner kind of slots into that tackle slot now, but I really am. I think we're going to miss Bulaga. I think he was a solid, solid right tackle. I still think I think they had some like depth questions going into that offseason with Bulaga. So you just basically do a one for one. It still has some depth concerns. I suppose you could fill that in the draft. Hopefully, draft the tackle. But we did get fortunate with. Uh... A very healthy O line last year. Um, do you have well, any? We got fortunate with a healthy team in yeah, general. This is like the true. first season we've had. A, if we don't have as healthy as a team, we have a healthy team. Don't have a healthy team as we've had in the past. Whatever you guys know what I mean. But if we have that happen, I mean, we don't have a record like we have. Obviously. Yeah. Do you have any faith in Lane Taylor being like our sixth O lineman? I know he got hurt last year. He hadn't been playing well, but he is a former starter. He's got experience being in that starting rotation and they could put uh turner at tackle always depending on if they lost a um a guard or a tackle to injury lane taylor could come in and could shuffle the line i think that's our best best case scenario right now for o-line depth yeah i definitely think that's that's where you're looking at for your depth wise for sure um it's something that that uh i think went unnoticed with our past GM Ted Thompson that he was able to draft offensive linemen and keep guys in there that were decent for sure. And even Ron Wolf did a great job with offensive linemen. So I think it's going to be seen if, especially with this draft, if we can get some good younger guys in there that can be a good, good lineman in the future. So what do you want the Packers to do from the wide receiver perspective? So you mentioned Pete that the wide receiver was still a, a kind of a open well, gap. I know. I know that everybody out there, everybody always says we need wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Um, I think Scanling can still be still be a viable wide receiver. I think he just had a really bad year, whatever. He had his issues here and there. I'm not sure. Never know what happened. But um, I think he can come back and, and be decent. I think Lazard made good strides last year. I think we hopefully he can make another step and be a good, maybe possibly number two. But... I think you do have to add somewhere in the either in the draft or you have to get some kind of veteran in there. And there are a lot of guys out there that could be serviceable um, just for a couple games here and there to give you a big couple catches. So I think Robbie Anderson is probably the biggest name that's still out. And then I, I've kind of been a, a big proponent of Brashad uh, Perryman. It's kind of like I think probably a, like more in our price range. Somebody we could take a gamble on that has like that four three speed that you could get out deep. Yeah, Perryman was a first-round pick with the Ravens and never really did much there, and then he had a good year in Tampa Bay. Uh, two other guys I was keeping an eye on for the price would be Taylor Gabriel, I think could be an interesting slot player, and then Demarcus Robinson I wouldn't mind as a deep threat. And those are all guys that are probably not going to cost you too much money. So that's something that the Packers do have to worry about is, is money and I think um, because of our big contract with our quarterback, it kind of takes up a lot of money. But um, 
those are those are the guys that they have those are the tier of guys that they have to go after for sure and even if they do uh sign someone i still think they have to take a wide receiver in the first two rounds of the draft i definitely agree drafting skill players at a high level has been something we've kind of whiffed on yeah. the last few years so i just got a question for you guys going off of these early moves brady to the nfc um you kind of have the saints kind of getting powerful and uh packers kind of staying pat um do you feel like the packers still have a chance to get to the championship game yes yeah i do too i think uh if they got there last year i could see them being a better team maybe a more consistent defense and uh maybe a little more explosive on offense outside of just aaron jones depending on what they still do here or in the draft so yeah, I still feel pretty good about the team. I do too. I think I think all roads still go through San Francisco, so I think that's going to be still the big hurdle you're going to have to get past. But I don't see a reason why this team's not capable. I don't think having Brady move it to the NFC going to Tampa Bay is going to change the landscape too too much. Um, yeah, the Saints kind of scared you a little bit, but I don't know. Another year on Breeze. I don't know. Defensively, they didn't make a whole lot of moves. I think it's still. All roads still go through San Francisco. Well, let's just look at the NFC Northwise. Do you guys feel comfortable with the Packers winning the division again? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, uh, Vikings lose uh, Stefan Diggs. They lost a couple pieces on defense. Uh, Bears are now the Nick Foles to Jimmy Graham show, so that's not a concern. <laughs> and, and the Lions are the Lions. So, yeah, I feel pretty good. Thumbs up. I mean, I agree with that. I think the idea that the Vikings re-signed Kirk Cousins, so we get another couple of years of that crap show. And then uh, kind of echoing the same, the ineptitude of the Chicago management where they're still trying to compete against themselves by driving up prices. And then the Lions are still the Lions. So, yeah, I mean, I like our chances. How about Trubisky to the Patriots? Oh, <laughs> I hope that happens, and I hope he turns all pro. <laughs> yeah, Super Bowl with Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> Just like, I mean, I don't like it because I think there's so many like Mitch Trubisky truthers. I had to, I had to hear the crap about he was an All Pro quarterback. Look how great he is. Crammed down my throat from all the Chicago fans for the last few years, but I don't know. I think it would be equally as entertaining to watch them like just look in sheer horror watching him take a team deep into the playoffs. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, as Nick Foles is struggling through probably some more injuries. <laughs> yeah, I kind of can echo all your guys' thoughts with that stuff. Like, I feel like the I believe green and gold. So, as much as I'm a pessimist, and I feel like every game it's like, oh well, we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose. Um, deep down inside, I feel like this team is is still gonna be good. Uh, just like all those doubters for the Brewers out there, I still feel like the the Brewers will be good, and the Packers will still still reign in the North. Yeah, I mean, I think this team has having fun, so I think it was good to see last year like having the team having fun, so I think as long as everybody stays on the same page, we draft well. Um, I think Goot's done a heck of a job kind of managing the team, so it's kind of breathed a little breath, breath of fresh air, having some free agent signing to get excited about, and then hopefully we have a good good experience in the draft, and the coronavirus will be a long, distant thing in our past, and we'll get to enjoy Lord football come this this fall. King in the North. The King in the North. King in the North. King in the North. <laughs>
I can I can also see a Game of Thrones Funko Pop over your shoulder, Pete. Is that one one? That's one one okay. right there. Yep, one one. That's not a Game of Thrones dragon. That's that's a smog, <laughs> tyrannical. Remember a year ago at this time where our biggest uh, complaint in life was Game of Thrones was disappointing. <laughs> I wasn't disappointed. Come on. The fun part about this like hiatus oh, is allowed us to watch it back again and realize how really crappy it was when you can watch it in complete entirety. Wait, you've watched it back? Has anybody watched that back? I started a little I bit. I started a little bit, and then it's one of those ones where I'm like, oh, I've not watched it back so many times. I'm not sure I can do it again for the... So I, I'll admit, I've, I've started listening to the audiobooks. I got most of them now. Um, so I listened to them on my walk. I'm almost through book number one, so... Uh, it's a lot better listening to the book or, or reading. I don't like to read, so listening's a lot better for me. I can picture stuff then. But uh, yeah, audiobooks are great for walking. Uh, I bought the uh, ebook of the entire series, A Song in Ice and Fire, right before the uh, final season concluded. <laughs> Never got around <laughs> to starting those. Yeah, it took it took me a year to start listening to it for sure. We're going to do something a little different here. Uh, I am Jones in for fantasy baseball season. It's supposed to be starting up right now, baseball season in general. Uh, I actually just did a a draft for my keeper league. It's kind of weird to do that, not knowing exactly if there's going to be a season or when it'll actually occur. But it had me thinking, let's do our own fantasy draft. It doesn't have to be drafting fantasy baseball players. What if we drafted baseball movies? So we're going to do a 15-round three-man snake draft, drafting baseball movies. Now, view it as this criteria. Imagine you're going to be showing these movies at your own like film festival, and all the people attending have never seen any of the movies before. So this is going to be their first time seeing these movies. So I have three questions for right okay. off the bat. Number one, I have a fantasy baseball draft. It's a work draft on the 31st. Mike, will you be available for a quick phone consultation? Yes. Sweet. Number one done. Two, are we going to talk about the venue which these film festivals are going to be at? So I did mention that to you guys. We should come up with a venue. Um, I would say yes. The only thing is I kind of have a cop-out. Depending on what movies I get could change my venue. So should I have to announce it beforehand? You can keep yours. I, I can announce mine right away. Oh, man. I, I forgot about the venue. Oh, no. And the last question is, uh, what is the draft order and how we're going to decide that? We need to determine that right now. Um, we're doing snake draft. We can... I I can see, I can see. I you prefer too, Serpentine. Yeah. Okay, Serpentine. Yeah, that does sound cooler. It would be awesome, Podiocast. 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 Like, that. what am I that even talking about? Cool. Copyright that phrase. <laughs> we are like visual, so I feel like we should do like paper, rock, scissors. But Mike could cheat, so he can't do that. Plus, podcast doesn't come across quite the same. Um, I can see you too. Uh, what if one of you just uh holds up a paper or something with uh and flips it over we're doing rock paper scissors and then holding up our answers you could do we can do that edit edit this to make sense
Wait, wait, what am I doing? I'm, I'm going to have to say mine, and then you guys are going to hold up your paper. Oh, Jesus. I lost my pencil. Oh, I found it. It's in my pocket. <laughs> all right. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. You I'm ready. It. Yep. Both got yours. Because you guys both have paper, I'm going to go scissors because you're you're writing it on paper. Did you write paper on the word paper? Uh, I just am holding up paper. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, right. I couldn't tell. What did you say? Paper. I wrote paper on paper. Oh, I knew it. I read that. I read your guys' minds. So, like, so oh, Mike is number one pick, so Pete and I got to go again. Yeah. Let me write it. All right, ready? Uh, no, hold up. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm paper again. I got a rock. Picture right. a picture of a rock. All right, so Dude, Mike looks like a big old Mondo Duke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Mike has the first overall pick. I'm two, and then Pete brings up the rear with three. Though Pete gets that first round on the turn. Yeah, I love that spot. I gotta say, I actually didn't know if I wanted the first pick because I would have loved to be second or third. But I'll trade you for it. No, I'm sticking with it. Okay. Number one, it has to be done. For people our age, the defining baseball movie growing up, it's Sandlot. I got to take it first overall. Of all the baseball movies, it's the one I've seen the most by far. Uh, it's infinitely quotable. I mean, how many times when you're playing baseball or hanging out do people reference Sandlot stuff? It's all the uh, time. Brent's softball team is always saying hating when it when people say you play baseball like a girl <laughs> i hate that one so the our team we we had a little bit of a team outing where we had them watch the sandlot in the gym we brought in gatorades and snacks and stuff and they got to watch it on the on the big screen in the in the school so that was good so then trenton got a shirt a couple of shirts with sandlot quotes on it so i was pretty proud of that yeah, yeah, I got great. I got that classic shirt with uh, all the names on it: Benny, Squints, Ham, uh, yeah, yeah. So like, it has the names written down. But yeah, I gotta admit, yeah, Sandlot. That's a good choice, Mike. That's a really yeah. Good I mean, choice. the Brewers, the Brewers even did Sandlot night last season, where they had all the actors yep. there. So it just it makes too much sense. That's true. Good pick. Um, so with the second overall pick, I'm gonna go ahead and this is a pretty much a staple movie i i think if you just say the word kevin costner though he played a lot of baseball movies the the one that comes to mind the one that gives you the tingles down the spine feel the dreams nice pick nice pick we went to see the feel the dreams on our basketball tournament tournament weekend didn't we andy way back when yep so i can say that i i've i've hit a ball into the cornfield i gotta say uh for my for my big board, I actually had Field of Dreams number one and Sandlot two, but I kind of pulled an audible. I think this is the best baseball movie of all time. All right, Pete's up. I have to, I'll admit before I announce number three, I put mine in order and I'm just like the basketball draft. I have Sandlot seven, Field of Dreams nine. <laughs> so, well, good. Then you got your top um, picks. Yeah, you yeah. got your top two. Yeah, I got my top two. You're going to walk right into awesome. your crappy picks. I don't know about that. I think I it's, hard think to, you, it's hard to go wrong with baseball. Movies, I don't think you honest. can go wrong. Nope. Yeah. Good. Um, so my my with the number three pick, I of course have to go with the classic featuring COVID 19s favorite Hollywood star, Tom Hanks. Um, <laughs> it's just a star-studded <laughs> film. Mo a lot of the most memorable lines that I can remember from that film. Um, 
There's no crying in baseball. Are you crying? Yeah, there's no crying in baseball for sure. Yeah. But uh, I just love John Lovitz's character in this movie too. Um, it's a league of their own. I think you really like that movie because of the uniforms they had to wear. They had such bad bruising and raspberries all over. Oh. It was just right up your alley. That is right up my alley. If anybody doesn't know out there, I like to slide with shorts on like a like a big dummy just to prove how tough I am or show kids how to slide that it doesn't hurt no matter what. But it hurts really bad when you slide with shorts on. Sliding in skirts is the most ridiculous thing oh ever. My God. That's a good one, too, because it even, you know, it ties into Wisconsin. There's the Racine Bells. Yeah, they're really good. Teams around here. Yeah, that's a fantastic movie. I, I agree, too. John Lovett's character is great. I love all of uh, Gina Davis's interactions with him, where he's telling her he's, the guy's putting together the team, owns the candy bars, and she goes, <laughs> oh, those ones, we give them to our cows when they're constipated. <laughs> good stuff. Nice. What do you got on the flip side? Number four, first of the second round, fourth pick. I mean, you have to go to another classic where we all learned that you never f*** with the winning streak, panties included. <laughs> it's Paul Durham. Oh, I love that movie. That was going to be my next one. I mean, you guys kind of threw me a softball there with Paul Durham. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of winning this with that at number four. Come on. A League of Their Own and Paul Durham is strong. Yeah, I like that pick too. Um, it's just if you think of any Kevin Costner movie and just the stereotypical, if you build it, they will come. It gives you gives you goosebumps just thinking about it. It's hard to. How go about wrong Kevin Costner? How about Kevin Costner though? Two of the top four picks. He's done a lot of baseball movies. Yeah, we might get to another one. Maybe I'm sure we will. All right. So should I list off other movies that potentially I could pick here? Just a gamble, or do you guys? Sure, you can you can talk your way through it. I've got so, a list already. So in this spot, I, I, I could go a bunch of different ways. Um, I kind of thought that I would sneak Bull Durham all the way through, but Pete kind of got that for me. Um, I could go with another Kevin Costner movie for Love of the Game. I love that movie. I don't know why, but I can. It's a kind of a long I, movie, but I just love the cutbacks and stuff. Watching through an athlete's career, I think it just. I think I can. Can I just stop you there? I love. I part one part of that movie that I really love is when he just like is sitting there and he's about to throw a pitch and it goes silent because that is the true feeling of a of a player. You don't hear anything. You don't hear mom and dad in the stands. You don't hear anybody. You're just in a zone, and that I think that they show that fantastically in that movie. Right. I think another one that kind of echoes um, growing up in in kids baseball. Well, it's just completely different now, but you can kind of relate to some of the stories from bad news bears. It's just kind of a, a hilarious. Are you uh, talking the original? The yeah, definitely the original. Oh, yeah. Definitely yeah, the original. You gotta go with original. Although I love Billy Bob a lot in a lot yeah. of movies, but you gotta go with Walter Matthau. Uh, Moneyball would be a good big one here. Um, I love that movie just cause I'm, I'm a big in analytics. I think both you guys, but especially Mike and I, we kind of like really big into that type of stuff. So I think that's kind of right up our alley, but I think I can't. Uh, I can't go out of this round without getting the natural. And you know, I gotta just kind of tell you guys that is on my list of movies I don't remember if I've seen. <laughs> I remember the scene, the scene of the ball hitting the the lights. I I do have that vividly in my head, but I can't remember that movie. I feel terrible right now. Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, it's a it's it's a staple movie for the for the baseball group in you. So, I mean, if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend it be on your list. So you completely sniped me. My 
the, the problem with my strategy of going Sandlot first is I was hoping I'd still get one of the classic baseball movies on the way back. And I feel like they're kind of picked over now with the natural, uh, obviously, Field of Dreams, Bull Durham, A League of Their Own. Those are all gone. So I missed out on. I think there's a big one still out there. There's one big one still. Oh, out there. there's there's a lot of big ones. Yeah, I feel I have I have two movies ready to be picked now, but uh, I really wanted the natural. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Pete. You only remember the end of that movie, the ball hitting the lights, which is so iconic. It's based on a book, and in the book, he strikes out. At in that yeah, spot. yeah, that's true. So the movie right. they, I uh, remember hearing that cinematic version would never let that happen. Yeah. So uh, with my first pick, I'm going to go Moneyball. Yes, I knew you were going to do that. Yes, I absolutely love that movie. I, I love Brad Pitt as Billy Bean. Uh, I think that's one of the best baseball movies of all time for a modern one. There's not as many modern ones that stand out. Was it Jonah, movie, well, I even like Jonah Hill's like role. Jonah Hill's great. He plays basically like a kind of fictionalized version of Paul De Podesta, who's now with the Browns, who was a uh, stats guy who got into baseball managing and then football. Yeah, and... Uh, I read the book when it came out at the time, and I actually started rooting for the A's just because of the book. So I have to pick that one there. And then my next pick, I need to just go hard down on comedies. I got to go with Major League. Nice. Yep. nice Which one? Go. Oh, the original. No no part two no. or anything. No, this back is... back to the minors. You know no, that one? Is... I think Bob Uecker in it and all of his glory. I think uh, one and two are okay. I think one and two you can get away with. Just a bit outside. Yeah, it's uh that movie, not just a, a baseball movie. It's just a great comedy. So, oh uh, yeah, bonus. no doubt, no doubt. You have to go with with Major League should be probably higher on all of our lists. I think because it was basically the Milwaukee Indians. Everything was based right. in Milwaukee. Everything was filmed in Milwaukee basically for for stuff. Plus it featured uh Pete Vukovic of my uncle's my uncle's friend actually. Pete Vukovic oh. was the was the main uh what do you call him? Uh the bad guy I guess so to say for the Yankees. So he's a big hitter, mm-hmm. actually a pitcher in real life, but he's just a huge man. So uh he played he played in that movie and I think uh, with all the ties to Milwaukee, I think Major League should have been higher on all of our lists, huh? Yeah. So fun f- fun fact is uh, my dad tried out to be in the movie. Uh, at the time, they were holding uh, just open casting for people to be uh, opposing players. So my dad went out there with a glove, and they hit balls to him at shortstop. He wanted to, wow. be, he wanted to be like the Yankee shortstop. He did not get the part. So then <laughs> all the people that uh, didn't get those parts, though, they asked him to be in the stands to be the fans. So they packed a couple sections, and they filmed all night a couple nights, and my dad was in the stands. So maybe somewhere out there, there's a grainy dot in one of the shots that's actually my dad in the stands. So. It seems so like one- a really familiar story to like Mr. 3000. So... Shout out to Milwaukee for getting some yeah. love for baseball movies. It is it is truly a baseball town. Before you go on to your next pick, Andy, one little fact from that movie too is 24-year-old, 4-year-old Charlie Sheen pitched in high school, was offered a baseball scholarship to the University of Kansas, and was able to reach 80 miles an hour on his pitches. Actually, he threw over 100 pitches a day on the film, and he took steroids for the part. <laughs> No Charlie joke. Sheen was True story. Sheen was using steroids for that Perfect. movie. Perfect. They also did got a, him from Conseco. They also did a poll, I think, of a certain number of major league players a few years ago, and that was the number one movie. Awesome. 
I will say my top seven are gone now. This is this is followed. I still have three and four for me, so I'm I'm doing okay. Pat so, Connaughton and Chris Middleton. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Wilson. Oh no! Don't bring it up. All right, so I'm back. Uh, some of the same ones. Do I do I go with two Kevin Costner movies, <laughs> or do I so snipe much. Mike so he can't get any of like the the classics? Hey, wait, Andy, Dances with Wolves is not a baseball movie. <laughs> what about Waterworld? Is that one? Ooh, Waterworld. That is an awful movie, but it's so great. Yeah, that's one of my favorite bad movies. <laughs> I actually <laughs> enjoy that. Or do you go with like Rookie of the Year? Another one of like from our childhood. Again, or what I is that base? What is that baseball movie where? The kid that's from Minnesota and his grandfather owns the twins and he dies in, in Little Big League. That's it. It's oh, on my list. Big yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna write that down here just in case. I have not seen that in a long I time. I love that movie. Yeah, I that's made, uh I made the kids watch all these ones. So I'll admit again, you mentioned the rookie. I'm watching it right now. Uh, I can't hear it, but I do have to see this movie. I've never seen it. It's good. Yeah, Definitely it's good. Uh, it's based on a true story. A guy who pitched, I think, for the the Tampa Bay Rays or the Devil Rays the first season. It's the single movie that had, after it came out, saw a huge spike in middle-aged men wanting to try out for a major league team. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I considered it. <laughs> Was that the year that Jason Morgan tried out for the Brewers? <laughs> well he could still throw from the outfield to home plate so he had a legit chance yeah so for me like he, he's 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 probably one of those single guys that i know way like into their 40s now feel eerily similar athletically as when they were younger yeah it's it makes me sad that it's like it's I like can't. for me i feel like i can i can for a few like i could still throw pretty hard but my arm would fall off yeah, let's get right. you. Let's get you in hitting shape, Andy. You're gonna be a hitter. Oh, uh, you don't want to see Andy hit in the cage. It's scary. Like not scary bad. It's scary. Like you're gonna get your face taken off. Oh, I know. Andy almost killed a kid. <laughs> I, th- I think we told that story True on the story. podcast. Uh, yeah, still, I think we did. Yeah. Still, oh man, still, I'll I'll never oh forget god. that sound in my head of that ball hitting that kid's face. Oh my god, that or I'm getting carried off a stretcher. Andy was not an adult. Everybody. Andy was a kid at the time. I was too. a sophomore in high school. I don't know why they brought Brutal. that kid up. He was inside the bag at third. It made no sense with a six foot and wa- what, six foot four. Yeah, <laughs> and I was in. Oh no! Okay. He, he, was, he, he started inside the bag and was walking forward. We're getting off track here. Oh, you think you're gonna bunt? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know what you did. You were faking the bunt to draw him in, and then you just <laughs> tattooed the no, ball face after. <laughs> After Andy hit that kid in the face and he went to the hospital and was in a coma. No, he wasn't in a coma. <laughs> they finally brought the rule of no slap, you know, no uh, bring back. What do you call it? Bunt, but fake bunt hit. Oh. After I they never, got done collecting that kid's teeth in a paper cup. <laughs> oh, God. No not, which was eerie. It was eerie for me to see him because out of the corner of my eye, I could see him moving. And I'm like, I have. No, I don't think, I mean, I practiced bunting because I had to, but I've never put down a bunt. In my life, I don't think. I, I maybe in like like little league, I would have. Yeah, never... you almost got you almost got thrown out because you were so distracted at the sound of that ball hitting oh, the guy's face. I don't even. It was know, like the words cannot describe it. Like seriously, it cannot describe it. Oh, it's so bad. I was like, I was on deck or something. Because you can, you could. I mean, you could tell that because the sound wasn't so much. It was the ball or a base. It was like it was his face deteriorating. Wow. Oh. 
He's I a did, lucky. He's very lucky. I destroyed his orbital socket. Yeah. He's very lucky he's alive, honestly. Yeah. All right. So number eight. Now back to lightheartedness. Um <laughs> I kinda oh, this is a tough one. Like I have one in mind that I want yet. But I'm not sure it'll make it all the way back around. I'll do for love the game. I like that movie too much. All right. This does make me want to watch some of these movies. Yeah, true. Uh, the Rookie and For Love of the Game are movies I've both enjoyed, and I feel like I haven't seen either one in like a decade. I might go back and watch some of these. For Love of the Game, I I, I feel like people are going to make fun of me a little bit on it just because there's like a sappiness to it, but like the nostalgia of it, like you think of your favorite player on on the verge of the end and you can kind of put this in thing. I, I felt the same way when like Jordan was on his tail end, you kind of, you kind of, you idolize these players, especially his character being in Detroit his whole life. And as us growing up, that was kind of what we idolized. So like the Robin Young's of the world and things like that. And they get to the point where they can't really perform at a high level right now. And the, and then the story of the movie where it's ownership is about to change and they're going to trade him to some random franchise for, picks or whatever and you saw that all the time in Milwaukee just to see a guy's career and the personal side of it the battling where he had the accident where he cut his thumb battling back from that the whole aspect of how hard they work and seeing their career from beginning to end I think it's just I don't know it's a good story and I enjoy watching it it is it's a good story there's something a little sad about it about just yeah well, all you, well that, that poor kid from the owner's like the owner's like what grandson or whatever else is waiting for him to write his answer and he has this all all career game it's the last one he's gonna play in you see the fan in the airport like yelling at him like billy chapel like making fun of him he's in new york writes the answer on a ball and gives it to him and he's like i'm done for the love of the game oh it just gives you chills love it good stuff all right, so I got two here, nine and yep. ten. You betcha. So I'm closing out the third and bringing in the fourth, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so I still have my number three and four on my list still, which I think are going to – I see, now, I kind of went off of documentaries too, which I kind of feel bad. No, so I have I, a couple documentaries on my list. Okay. Yeah, I found, so out, that, number, I found that out late. So, I've, so I, you can tell I haven't cheated, Mike, because – when you said, like, we could do documentaries, like, my list hasn't really changed. So I don't Did you cheat. put Ken Burns baseball on there? No, but that's what I was going to be like. I was going to make number one, Ken Burns, nobody can win now. Mic drop, it's over. So the reason I said pretend it's a movie festival is because then if you pick Ken Burns, you have to show nine hours of documentary <laughs> and help people stick around. <laughs> well, you so, can split it in half and, like, bookend it. So I do want to go into detail about Ken Burns because – that for like someone who really doesn't know the game, I think it tells you more than just Babe Ruth. It it tells you more than just the Yankees. It tells you more than just Jackie Robinson. You learn the details from the Negro leagues. You learn the, how the rules came into play. Um, how using foreign materials on balls were such a big thing back then, and it was just basically a mud ball. And then someone died <laughs> off of getting hit by a pitch. I mean, there's so many little things back in the day that you didn't know ever happened. I think if you want to know, really know the game of baseball, watch that. Granted, they don't have the newer stuff, but I think just for history-wise, it just covers it so, so well. ESPN did that documentary with 
with basketball, right? We kind of talked about it. I can't remember the name of it now. I probably should have done a little research before coming on. But they had where it's like 15-minute snippets about different aspects. And how I mentioned, I think, in the previous podcast, where I got to learn more about the game that I loved since I was a kid that I had no idea about, where you kind of talked about the ABA, the merger, all these different players, how they moved around. I think this is eerily similar, the way kind of Pete described it. He's 100% right. If you if you love the game of baseball, I think I find it hard to believe if you say you love the game of baseball, I've never seen it. So yeah, kind of going back to my my ninth pick here, I did have Ken Burns baseball, but bringing up the whole uh, got to do it as like a South by Southwest festival, I am not going to show that at my festival. So, but is it is number three on my list to, to baseball subject. You could you could want. show it if you want. If you want to yeah, have a day, I don't want to. Like- I, Maybe I'll, maybe, okay, okay, let me do this. I'll do number nine as baseball filmed by Ken Burns, but I think I'll keep only a couple episodes. I think I'd, I'd keep it to like a couple hours only. So I'll, I'll go with that. So number three, baseball snippets, a tease of that, <laughs> just so you can go home and watch it. So that's my number nine. Uh, my number 10, I don't know if you guys have seen this. I think Andy might have, but it's called The Battered bastards of baseball it's on netflix it is a documentary about kurt russell's uh father bing russell who came up with a uh independent baseball team back in 1973 so they were the the mavericks they were the only independent team in, in america started uh with basically two strikes against them um a lot of skeptic skeptics you know they had a left-handed catcher they had a restaurant oh, restaurant owner turned manager they had a blackballed pitcher among them that brought independence baseball back and really embodied what the love of the game was he had just kind of this this ragtag group and they ended up beating some pretty big teams back then so if you were going to watch a documentary i would watch that for sure because it is it is excellent and uh, i didn't know that kurt russell was actually a really good baseball player back then too that's interesting i haven't even heard of that one but uh, i'm gonna add that to my list yeah, definitely. Like even one of the players that he came up with a um the big league chew. He was the guy who oh. actually invented big league chew. So um it's pretty amazing. Watch watch it for sure. Yeah, and you said they had a left handed catcher, and we all yeah. know that. If you're left handed, you can't be a catcher, third baseman, shortstop, or second baseman, right? Mm. Right. They didn't care. They just needed players and they put them out there. But right. they did a lot of crazy things, like a lot of things that baseball didn't have back then, like the mascots, the crazy how you what do you think of a like a minor league baseball team does now with the crazy stuff in between innings, the dancing? They would do all that. So they had brooms out when they would sweep somebody. They had all that crazy stuff going on when it wasn't accepted during for baseball. So I like how we uh how you educated Pete. So now he doesn't even debate that anymore, Mike. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to stir up an old argument with <laughs> left handed position players. No, I'm not even going there anymore. Yeah, yeah, you just bought, you just went After right I- by that. You didn't you didn't give me the satisfaction of, of acknowledging it. <laughs> You know, after I had a, we had a left-hander on our team a couple of years back. After I saw him try to play shortstop, yeah, no, they can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's funny. All right, so back up to me. Um, this is good. I I know who I'm gonna pick. It's not bad news bears, though. I I, I love that movie so much. It's hilarious. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. It's not up to you. Yeah, it is. Oh yeah, I did. Okay, sorry, sorry. I did select baseball. I did select Ken Burns. Sorry about that. Go yep. ahead. Um, so I'm gonna pick one. Um, it's a classic, both within baseball and the movie itself. 
But one of the ones in doing research um, that I wanted to go actually see, I've never seen it, is Bang the Drum Slowly. It has Robert De Niro in it, which I love Robert De Niro, so it makes me want to go back. He's a catcher. Um, I'm not picking that one. Wait. But it makes I thought me... That was the Ash- Wait, I thought that was the Astro. That's what I was going to say. Uh, they, <laughs> that they... was my joke at the end of this whole segment, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I need to see that movie. No, no I hear that a, is a good movie, though. I heard it's a really good movie, but I was like, oh, man. So the Astros didn't come up with that. That You're was going to pick my a joke different well. Robert De Niro movie, though, right? You're going to pick the fan? So, yeah, Serpico. <laughs> no, that's on my list, though, Mike. That is on the list. Oh, <laughs> I have that movie. That movie's what? ridiculous. Was it who's the who's the Wesley other Snipes? But who's the other good baseball player that comes in? Uh, Benicio del Toro is that who it is? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's such a good movie. Just, just give him that. his number back. <laughs> and he gets his like tattoo things. Oh, it's gross. Anyway, so my my pick is actually going to be Eight Men Out. It's a yeah, be honest for the millennials out there. What is Eight Men Out? I actually have not seen this. So eight men out. It's, it's the, oh, obviously it's a story about Shulisho Jackson and the, and the White Sox. They were nicknamed the Black Sox for they got their whole thing thrown out because they were tied up in gambling and like through the World Series. Um, except for Shulisho Jackson, like the big that's the big story. Um, oh, what's his name that plays it? Plays John it? Cusack? Cusack. Is it him? Cusack. Cusack's the main actor, I believe. Isn't it Cusack and Charlie Sheen are in that? Charlie, Charlie Sheen, Sheen loves Christopher Lloyd in it. Christopher Lloyd, I believe, right? Yeah. So that's the movie because um, I just love the historical aspect of it and believe everybody should see it. So that's what I'm picking. So that was the last, like, I think, classic movie. Yeah. Uh, that's one I, I have it on my list. The only reason I didn't pick it is I have never actually seen it and I feel like I absolutely have to. It was one of the few movies like high up on this list I, I had never seen. So D.B. Sweeney played Shoeless Joe Jackson. Uh, John Cusack played Buck Weaver. So there are some great movies left, and I'm going to have to – I get two picks. I'm going to have to pass over them because I'll tell you guys where my film festival is once I pick these two movies. Uh, but it's really tough to leave Bad News Bears, uh, The Rookie – 42 is one that I think is a kind of underrated movie. That's a good one. I considered all of those, but for my two movies, the first one I'm going with is Fever Pitch, the Jimmy Fallon <laughs> comedy. <laughs> no, that was actually my next pick. I'm not going to lie. I really love that movie. That scene of I, him in spring training in Florida is hilarious. I think that movie is hilarious. It uh, it has a little bit of Bull Durham aspect where it kind of works as a romantic comedy too. It's a movie that I know a lot of men and women both enjoy it. Uh, I think it captures what it's like to be a ridiculous fan pretty yeah. well. It, it recaptures how, how almost how hard fandom is with the Packers, I feel. Yeah, where it's just... He's just so over the top. Uh, I picked that movie uh, because... I don't, should I save the reveal of my film festival until the very end when the draft is done? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, because my other movie then is a documentary. It's a 30 for 30. It's called Four Days in October. Yep. It's oh, about the yeah. Red Sox famous right. comeback from down 3 nothing against the Yankees when they went on to win their first World Series since the Babe Ruth era. So you might have an idea of what my theme is here, but I'm going to pick that as so I got a, final I, pick. 
got to admit with Fever Pitch, it's pretty amazing how they had to go back and and reshoot that the ending because the Red Sox actually won. Right. Yeah, so what was crazy pretty amazing timing. Perfect. Yeah, the Red Sox won the World Series while they were filming. Like, how crazy is that? I think it's hilarious. Even that, that 30 for 30 and even Fever Pitch where, like, the Red Sox were, like, the underdog. And you never dream of that. So if you told any of your kids right now that, yeah, people used to feel bad for the Red Sox and they, whatever, they were lovable losers and whatever else, they'd never believe you. The, the team that won four World Series in the last 15 years or whatever it is. Right. So that means it's back to me. Was it the last round? Yeah. Yeah. Round five. Go big or go home. Um, so I'm going to be remiss. Um, like younger me would would dick punch me if I didn't pick one of these kids <laughs> movies. <laughs> low um, blow, JR. Low blow. So I'm going to go rookie of the year with my last pick because that left one of it. It's like every kid's dream. The idea like those kids used to scrape up whatever money and, and go sneak out and go watch games. Uh, the team was terrible, which we can all kind of feel for with being Brewers fans in the 90s, late 90s anyway. And, and the youth athlete. So, like, we all thought we could do that. So, I don't know if it increased people or kids' ability or wanting to break their arms, but I think we all had that, <laughs> that childhood dream that, yeah, we could be awesome to go hang out in the majors um, to kind of be what it feels like. Randy Quaid's in that movie, right? Uh, no. No. no Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then the, who's the who's the manager guy who was like part of like Home Alone, like that guy? That used to be his like chaperone for the major. Oh, is it Daniel Stern? Is a uh, is he in that? This is great podcasting. Oh, I got He's, it. I got it. But you know what I'm talking oh. about? Like he, like that goofy character. Damn, there are so many movies named the Rookie. Yeah. <laughs> this is I not got fun. It. This is not fun anymore. Uh, and it's Dennis. It is Dennis Quaid. Just so you guys know, I was kidding. Oh, what? Dennis Quaid's not in this movie. Yeah, he is. Wait, no, no, he's not. I, I'm totally wrong. <laughs> Did you click on the rookie and say rookie of the year? <laughs> yeah, it is Dennis Quaid. Yep, Dennis Quaid. We're talking 100%. about rookie, rookie of the year. Yeah, we're talking about rookie of the year, not the rookie. Oh well, now you're screwing me up. <laughs> I thought you said the rookie. No, rookie. He's talking year. about the Cubs. The Cubs, the Cubs one. kid. The I'm kid. talking about the kid actually. Henry Warren Gardner. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. So I'm talking about the, think... the goofy guy for like the Cubs franchise that used to have to shuffle right, him around. That guy stuck in between the doors. And okay. The... Daniel okay. Stern. Okay. Okay. It is let's Daniel just, Stern. Can Brick, we just, it's Brickman. Can we just, can we step back and redo this? Because I sound like an <laughs> idiot right now. <laughs> hey, I'm getting everything right with this movie. I'm watching it right now. The rookie is on my TV. I'm like, that's, oh yeah, that's Dennis Quaid. I'm going to make a Randy Quaid distracted. show. That's his brother, Randy Quaid. Like, Whatever. Oh, okay. Rookie of the year. Yeah, great movie. <laughs> I hated it because it was the Cubs. Uh, yeah. uh, in my in my fantasy league, there is a team name called uh, Rowan Gardner for Cooperstown. So <laughs> that movie was on my mind. Yeah, that is All a right. great movie. All right, Pete, bring us home. Oh man, there are so many choices out there. I'm gonna feel bad leaving out a ton of movies. So I like you said, Mike. Forty two is a very good movie. Um, one, there are a couple that nobody has even mentioned. Um, I really like 61. That's um, a very the, good one too. The, the film, it came out in 2001 actually when, um, the Roger Maris, Barry, Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle, but it yeah, came out in two, uh, Billy Crystal did it. Yeah. 2001. It came out. Barry Bonds actually 
broke Mark McGuire's record that year. I do like that one a lot. Um, so forty-two sixty-one between those two, I have to go with Angels in the outfield. <laughs> um, I have to admit that's a huge part of my childhood. I really love that movie. Christopher Lloyd is like one of my favorite actors ever. Um, I just love that movie as a kid. I probably broke the ribbon on the tape watching it. So I have to go. I have to go with Angels in the outfield. Yeah, you gotta gotta throw it out Plus for the Danny, orphans. Danny Glover played a great manager in that I, movie. A young Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I like that you guys went with kids' movies at the end there because, yeah, that was some of the reason I went Sandlot first is I felt like if I didn't get Sandlot, I was probably going to take – I had Rookie of the Year, Little Big League, and Angels in the Outfield all written down at the end. So It's just, yeah, fun. it's a, it's just funny like how many pretty decent actors are in these. Yeah. Like even Angels in the Outfield, Danny Glover, Tony Danza was in it, Christopher oh, Lloyd. Oh, yeah, Tony Danza, yeah. Tony Danza. <laughs> well, even like the kid is, isn't that like that Gordon Lovett kid? Yep. Oh, yeah. Lovett, yeah. Yeah. I have to end with that because I don't know. As a kid, I watched, I did watch that movie a lot. I'm not sure when that movie came out. Probably what, 94, 95? What was it, Andy? Do you have still have it up? I think it was 96. 96? That sounds about right. Right in the wheelhouse of my family. Oh, no, 94. You're right. You're right. 94. 94. Yep. Yeah, so that's right in my wheelhouse of like fandom, 94, 95, 96, of when I started loving sports and just that whole aspect of that I can maybe one day be an athlete. So, um, yeah, I had I have to end with that. Like Rookie of the Year was 93, Angels in the Outfield, 94. Oh, you want to know a fun fact about Angels in the Outfield? It came out less than a month before the uh, Major League Baseball canceled the 94 season. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So, so yeah, peak fandom. You got it in just in time before baseball ruined your childhood. Well, yeah, even like, right. even Little Big League was in 94, too. That was the last year my dad went to a Brewer game. He has not been to, quote-unquote, Miller Park. Oh, we're going to get him to go sometime. Uh, he'd be dead. He said, You'll, you can drag me in there when I'm dead. <laughs> Ignore that. <laughs> Mike was flabbergasted by that. <laughs> Mike, just, Mike, are you okay? Did you just fall off the couch? I was just fell out of my chair here we're gonna get him to go he'll regret it if he never goes so is there any yeah. honorable mentions you guys have like ones that kind of weren't picked that you kind of had a feeling for but just couldn't pull the trigger on so my number one i haven't seen is bang the drum slowly the astros documentary <laughs> oh wait that's number one no there are five on my list bang i can't think i've mentioned all of them bang the drum slowly is one i want to see eight men out the Rookie, I'm kind of watching right now. And uh, Bad News Bears, I've seen it, but I want to watch it again. And The Natural, they're my top five that I really want to go back and, and try to remember if I've seen them or just watch them again. Uh, one that came up for me, uh, it's another 30 for 30. I think it's excellent, is Catching Hell. It's all about Steve Bartman. Oh, yeah, that one is really good. Yeah, it's uh, it's really well done. It really makes you feel for the guy. Uh, he's just this diehard fan, and all these other people are reaching up, but he became the scapegoat. Uh, that one's definitely worth watching. What about you, Andy? Do you have uh, some tough omissions? Yeah, there's a couple documentaries I can't even think of. I think the big one was obviously the the Boston one that you mentioned, I think was a big one. Um, I think the Rookie's kind of a silent one. So I know we kind of didn't, this was all about having a uh, film festival and stuff, but uh, there are some TV shows out there about baseball that I really wanted to kind of go over. 
Um, the two that I really want people to go out and watch if you have time during the COVID virus time, uh, HBO and IFC have some amazing ones. It's Eastbound and Down. It kind of goes over the story of a guy in the minor leagues trying to come back as a relief pitcher. And um, Brockmire, which is a great, great show. It, they're both really raunchy, but um, worth worth the watch just to get a laugh in. I love Brockmire. Yeah, that show's fantastic. Yeah, and Eastbound and Down is funny, too. He plays a, a very typical... Uh, danny mcbride kind of character yeah so yeah it's it's basically uh kenny powers is his name and i think everybody's seen him on tv maybe don't even know who the guy is he has a mullet he's a little heavy set <laughs> a little out of shape but yeah he actually had some i think some sprite commercials way back when that were on tv at one point too but yeah he's got some amazing lines in those shows and and uh, but he, Brock Meyer is amazing. I I've I've only seen the first season. I still have to go through seasons two and three yet. But yeah, that show has some. It just he's got Hank Azaria's got such a great voice for baseball, <laughs> and that classic classic baseball voice. So I just love how he can do that. So I think lastly, before we head out, we have to talk about the venues of which we would have our baseball festivals. So I think mine. Um, I was kind of thinking about this a little bit. Um, I toyed with the idea, depending if I got Field of Dreams, that I would have it kind of replaying back into the venue of Field of Dreams out in the cornfield, having a giant screen and kind of having it be kind of held there. Great idea. Um, so I think that's where I'm going to end up going. But if I didn't get Field of Dreams, the alternative was I was going to have, I think it'd be awesome to be in a baseball stadium to have it played on a big screen. But since I got to Field of Dreams, that'd be what I would do. In the cornfield, you build it, they will come. You'll build a giant screen. They'll come watch all of my awesome movies. Well, Andy, that segues so perfectly into my venue. You're going to love this. So my my movie festival is in Boston. We start out at the Wilbur Theater on day one. <laughs> Famous theater there. We're going to have a triple feature day one. We're going to show uh, Sandlot first, then Major League. And close the night off with Moneyball. Day two of the festival is in Fenway Park. The screen is the Green Monster. We're showing Fever Pitch. And then four days in October, back to back, wrap it up. The whole city goes crazy. Probably burn down the city and that's the end of Boston. It's that good. So have you ever been to Boston? I have not. Little by little, trying to go to every city, baseball city, and watch a game in their park. And Boston is amazing. So I think that's spot on. I think you doing it in that theater and then going to the venue um, would be a very successful. You know, uh, I forgot until I looked back at old podcasts that you were at one of the playoff games in Boston for basketball. Yep, I was. Yep. <laughs> I was like, oh, I almost forgot about that. I love that city. If, if, if you could pick any of the East Coast cities, Boston's by far one of my favorites. It still feels like somewhat small town for how big it is. The transportation's so much better. People aren't as much of a-holes like they are in like new york so what do you I'll got to add, add that to my list so my kind of goes off of almost like mike's i feel like kind of kind of like i'm taking mike's idea but i'm not i have a lot of movies that are kind of um not very major league although uh ken burns is kind of major league and and uh, angels in the outfield but um i am going with the durham bulls athletic park I think all the movies will be shown there. Of course, I have the blue monster instead of the green monster, which is all right. But with the bull, 
Bull Durham is yeah with the bull. My Bull Durham <laughs> is is my uh, one of my first picks, so I would want that to be shown in its stadium, of course. I think that would be great. You're going to have one of the promos of your film festival, like we're going to have in between different movies that they can take swings at, and whoever hits the bull gets, what, a lifetime supply of beef or whatever it was? Yeah. 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 No doubt. No doubt. I think it's interesting. I like that we all had kind of themes along the different movies that we had, so I think it'd be be fun. What I love about, too, looking at these lists of baseball movies is that there's, like, it covers all genres. Like you're saying, like, some of these even fall into more romantic comedies. There's straight-up comedies. There's drama. There's kids' movies, documentaries. Like, you can really deep-dive just into baseball movies. Well, I've got a long list of movies already, but I'm adding these baseball movies to it. But this kind of puts me in the mood to watch baseball movies. I think I'll watch some of these. I, I think I want to watch Eight Men Out and... Your your recommendation, Pete, the battered bastards of baseball. Maybe I'll watch those two first. So you want to run over the picks quick? What do you got, Andy? Who are your Who are your picks? So I think my my theme is like the Kevin Costner. I could have the the trifecta if somebody wants to trade me Bull Durham. <laughs> but I have Field of Dreams, uh, The Natural, which I think is uh, I think if you if you ask a wide range of people, I think The Natural is probably going to win. It's probably one of the best baseball movies of all time. For love of the game, eight men out, and rookie of the year. Pitcher's got a big butt. <laughs> so yeah, my picks are: I got a league of their own. I got kind of the the secondary, not not really baseball kind of movies, except for the one documentary. And I guess I have almost half my picks are with baseball, MLB. But um, league of their own, Bull Durham, uh, the Ken Burns documentary, a couple episodes from that. Ken Burns baseball documentary, Batter Bastards of Baseball, and Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, hearing your guys' lists, I do feel like I'm missing like classic movies, more classic dramas, but oh well, I, I got stuff I enjoy either way. I got Sandlot, Moneyball, Major League, Fever Pitch, and Four Days in October. So that was a good that was a good little segue, so hopefully like the, the podcast land can uh, hopefully got something out of it. You maybe found a couple movies or documentaries you never heard of before and yeah anything that's a, a nice distraction i know i feel that way at work it's still nice to hear podcasts even though there's no sports now listen to the sports podcast they're doing this kind of stuff just do fantasy drafts for random stuff or <laughs> do a ranking of like the best point guards of all time just they find something to talk about to kind of keep us from just monitoring the news and all right boys hope you guys have a good week Stay safe, stay healthy, and with that, we'll catch you next time. Goodbye, everybody. We are Questionable Return. See you later. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Questionable to Return Sports Podcast. Send us your questions, read more about us, and more on our website, questionabletoreturn.com. Follow us on Twitter at Q2Return and Instagram at questionabletoreturn. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash questionable to return. Follow each of the guys on Twitter for Andy at Andy, the number nine M-A-N. Mike at Mike R. Daly. And Pete at P. Cozy with a K, Junior J.R. Please consider giving us a five-star review as well as sharing us with someone you know. TV shows that I kind of want to suggest out there that if you haven't seen these TV shows, oh no.
I'll go back once my <laughs> alarm. Oh, I Mike, you gotta to go to bed. Do you want Mike, me to mute? To do you want me to? Do you guys want me to mute the microphone when that goes off? <laughs> yeah. Next time, maybe. Are we ready? Does it only go off once? Yeah, just then. I tried to. <laughs> I tried to click the mute button. Couldn't get it in time. Put my hand over it. Didn't work. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh just gonna roll back. That's so awesome. So,